on this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, a presentation of our YouTube channel where you get the recaps as well as available audio only anywhere you get your podcast. Gordon Whitmire and I take some listener questions. We talk about a scenario. You want Shohei Otani or fill multiple holes on the team for roughly the same money. the Cubs Recap Podcast, presentation of our YouTube channel here and available audio only wherever you get your podcasts with Gordon Wittenmeyer, my partner. I'm David Kaplan. Okay, Gordon, the Cubbies are playing great baseball. That's right. 26 and 12 when Mike Talkman leads off. They get a walk oh, man. on Wednesday. You dropped the Talkman on me right out, of, right out of the chute. And they get a walk-off dramatic win over the White Sox on Wednesday night as Christopher Morrell, I see it and I crutch it. Wrigley was <laughs> alive, man. Your thoughts? I, I've loved Chris Morrell since the day he showed up with all that energy. Just a great freaking kid. And, uh, you know, it, it, seeing him struggle at the end last year was kind of tough. But to see what he's doing right now uh, – you got to root for somebody like that. He's just such a good kid. He's, uh, but I was, I was wondering if he was literally the youngest. He is literally the youngest guy on the roster too. And, and, and his energy, uh, it just vibes like that. Uh, it's awesome to see. So, um, Morel, Yeah, I love it. I hope this is a growth arc for him and he keeps it up because he's the kind of kid that deserves that kind of success. Uh, you brought up Talkman. Talkman, I mean, the local kid. He's he's been huge, left left handed bat, um, just exactly what they've needed. And uh, you know, you got your your boy Dansby uh, setting the setting the leadership tone. So yeah, uh, the, just the biggest thing right now is how are you going to compensate for the loss of Marcus Stroman? I think you reported it. He's gone for the year. Uh, that's a big friggin' blow. And I know he wasn't pitching that well as the team got better here the last month, but uh, that's a big blow to think you're not going to get production out of him the rest of the way. Now what? You rely on Drew Smiley, who's who's had his own issues, and Ju- Justin Steele, he finished last year on the IL. Uh, now he has to stay healthy and make every start. You like what you've seen so far, no doubt, but Man, all of a sudden, there's no there's no wiggle room here. There's no margin of, at all. When it comes okay, to so Carter Hawkins said the other day, and Jed talked about it yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie. Look, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, could Pete Carr Armstrong play a role in September? Yeah, wow. that's a possibility. He's playing really well at AAA. It's a possibility that could bring him in for a defensive yeah, yeah, okay. guy. But but the thing about that is like. Keep in mind, and I don't know how many people listening to this or watching this knows this, but uh, recent rules that last year or two, you don't get the whole 40-man roster in September anymore like you used to. You get to, you used to be able to call up anybody you wanted who was on a 40-man. Now you get one of each. You get two extra guys in September, and that's it, a pitcher and a hitter. So if you're going to make that call, you better be damn sure that's the hitter you want who's ready to help you because – you might want another catcher. You might want a, a speed guy from AAA. You might want a depth guy for another position area. 
so it's not just let's see if he can do something for you in September like it used to be. Okay, so from a pitching perspective, and I have a ton of listener questions. I put the tweet out there. Uh, let me ask you the latest on the pitching. Could Cade Horton be used in September? Maybe not as a starter at the start of it, but this guy is tearing up the minor leagues. Or do you go with a veteran who is just okay in Drew Smiley, a rookie who's okay in Hayden Wisniewski, and a journeyman in Javier Assad who's earned his spot so far? Okay, so it depends on your definition of okay, right? If if you're getting some consistent, reliable, competitive five innings a start type of thing, then I stick with those guys that that know what big league heat is. Uh, if if I'm down to where I don't know where to turn next, then I go down and I get Cade Horton. That that's the way I look at it. There's just too much at stake, and as long as you're competitive, then you stick with the guys that have done it at that level. Even Hayden Wisniewski, even though they weren't playing for anything last year, he finished really strong last year. He knows what it's like to face teams who are playing for something in September and to beat them. So if he's giving you anything at all, I would definitely go with him or Assad and definitely Smiley if Smiley kind of comes around. The thing about Smiley is any given time, he can find it again and, and, and wind up being in a groove. We've seen that. So you keep going with him unless he's just putting you in, in, a, in a position where you, where you just can't because he's giving you one and two thirds every time or something. You ready for a take that, Gordon? Oh, God, here we go. How about my cubbies? If the season ended right now today as we're taping, it is 224 Central on Thursday, August 17, 2023. Cubs are in the playoffs, in the freaking playoffs. They're a better team than a lot of people gave them credit for. They are the best defensive team in the National League, without a doubt. And Jim Deshea said on the broadcast, he believes the way the schedule sets up, that when the Brewers and the Cubs hook up on August 28th, the Cubs will already be in first place. What do you say? Wow. Wow. Well, I'll tell you something. I looked up a couple of things. And I'm going to give uh, uh, July 18th, my son's birthday. The Cubs beat Washington 17 to three. That was the that was the moment that all this began in my mind, because going into the off day on Thursday. They're 19 and eight since then. They played their way into buying at the deadline. They bought at the deadline. They continued to play well. Jamer Candelario is producing since he's gotten there. Um, we already talked about Swanson. We already talked about Talkman. Um, so, so yes, all that's all that's true. Bellinger has been amazing. I'll give you the the the, the props that we both. The thing we both saw coming was that they're fielding was going to be dramatically improved and it certainly has and that's been probably even more of a stabilizing force this season than I thought it would be I thought it would improve the team but that 
maybe they still didn't have enough hitting uh, and we would see what what else would happen with the pitching staff. But here's the thing. Beyond that, what was – Cap, you tell me. First half of the season, what was the biggest weakness, the team's biggest weakness, position area? Oh, position area. They didn't biggest hit, weakness. It, it, you're ta- not pitching, you're talking. Sure, if you want to count that. Yeah. Uh, their, their bullpen was a bit of an issue. Michael Fulmer was an issue. Uh, and then their their inability, I thought, to have any kind of thunder in their lineup. I, I so the offense I figured would come and go. Um, Bellinger, when he wasn't hurt, played well. So and and he provided the middle of the order left-handed guy that improved the guys around him. Swanson got off to a good start. I think the bullpen clearly was their weakness in the first half. That friggin' bullpen since that July 18th date that we said has a 322 ERA. It's sixth in Major League Baseball and second in the National League to the Dodgers in that in that uh, time. Fulmer's pitching well. Um, uh, Leiter is 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 pitched well. You know, uh, uh, from the start, Alzali has really nailed down the back end. That, to me, is the biggest surprise in all of this. It's the biggest part of their success in my mind because it, they, didn't, they didn't significantly address that at the deadline. Little bit. No. Not much at all. Jose Quap, that was it. Big deal. And, and yet, I mean, the, the Brewers went out and did more than that. They got Andrew Chafin. I think that has been the biggest story. There's these individual guys and the, the – you know, Morell's big hit and all that, yes. But that's the biggest success story of the second half so far with that team. And if it keeps up, that could be the story of their season, is what the bullpen's done since roughly the halfway mark all-star break. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't see that coming. I, I don't know who did. I don't know if Jed saw that coming after the way he saw the first half play out. So let's talk about where this division sits right now. As you and I tape, uh, the Reds and the Cubs have Thursday off. The Brewers play one more time tonight in Los Angeles, and they are two and a half games up on the Cubs and two and a half games up on the Reds. Cubs are like one percentage point ahead of Cincinnati, and the Cubs hold that third wildcard spot by the slimmest of margins. So how do you handicap the race now? Because from my seat, watching the Reds, it's just not as magical as it was. Maybe because it's too young. Maybe you haven't got Hunter Green back yet. You haven't got another starter back off the injured list yet. Maybe those guys will resume and pick up where they were. Maybe they won't. Handicap the race. Yeah, okay. So the the Reds have tailspun for most of August since the trade deadline. And and you saw the beginning of that because they were in Chicago and lost three straight out of the shoot, two of them just blowouts. I think there was a bit of a hangover not doing anything at the deadline, while in contrast, there was a lot of energy with the Cubs coming out of the deadline. So uh, you saw like two different directions happen. Those two two teams right now are neck and neck for second place chasing the Brewers and the Brewers, I think the Brewers, I think are in position to win this division. I think they're in division and I think they're in position to pull away. I think they've, they've got enough health 
They've got uh, they've added to their lineup and they've got enough starting pitching. They should be able to pull away and win the division. I think this is going to be about a wild card race for both the Cubs and the Reds as they chase the Brewers. And, uh, you know, with all due respect to J.D., I think he's wrong. And I think the Stroman injury is huge. I think where the Reds are going to find any ability to hang with the Cubs, never mind catch the Brewers, and and maybe fight for a playoff spot, is exactly what you just said. Hunter Green returns on Sunday to the rotation. Last time the Cubs saw him, he no-hit him for six innings. That's the kind of guy this is, a triple-digit fastball and if he's healthy and he looked really good in his last couple of rehab starts, that's a huge boost for a team that's had horrible starting pitching. And Nick Lodolo, the guy that started the second game of the season for the Reds this year, a left-hander with a lot of ability. They made a long-term extension offer to him. He didn't take it. Then he got hurt. He looks really good. He's expected back two turns after that in the rotation. If those two guys join the top three guys in their rotation right now for the full month of September, man, it could be one hell of a race for the last couple of wildcard spots involving maybe as many as five teams with the Cubs and the Reds right in the middle of it. Yeah, I think the Cubs are winning the division. I do. I think. Of again, course you do. You know, have I, another sip of Kool-Aid. Hold on a second. Well, I'll get another sip of Kool-Aid. Let me do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's why. Because I think they have the best offense in the division. Now, the Reds a year from now, maybe they will. But I think the Cubs have veteran leadership. They've got some kind of magic vibe going on that is just unbelievably cool to watch from my seat. Uh, Look, if Jamison Tyone goes out on Friday and gets his head kicked in by the Royals, that's a problem. They got This is a series that you should handle. Then yes. you go to Detroit. Then you go to Pittsburgh. Like the schedule has lightened up some for the Cubs. They took two or three from the Orioles, two or three from the Rays. They just took two or three from the um, Atlanta Braves. They took two or three from Toronto in Toronto. They are playing some really, really good baseball. They've got some thump now with Candelario and Bellinger healthy. Things are just going the right way for them. I think they win the division. I think it's possible. I think that, but see, this goes back to um, kind of the intrigue that I'm talking about because every team that we're talking about here, really including the Brewers, but I think less so, are flawed. They're all flawed. Um, I, I do agree with you on the, on the defense uh, that the Cubs can put on the field. The Brewers play pretty good defense too. Um, I just think that, the starting pitching that was the backbone of, of the Cubs season for most of the year has begun to crack. The unsung hero of the Reds was their bullpen for much of the year. That's begun to crack on their end. But the Cubs bullpen's better now. The Reds rotation should be getting some help. And then you look at the Arizonas of the world. They played a little bit better the last few days. The Giants, for whatever reason, are hanging in there. Miami's hanging in there. This could be, I mean, and none of those teams are perfect, and all of them have strengths. It's 
it's really going to be interesting to watch if the if the Cubs take care of business in all three of those series you just said because those are those are potential trap series. I mean, a team like the Pirates, they're going to play up for the Cubs big time, and no and uh, and you know, Javi Baez is the kind of a guy who can suck all year long and play his ass off against the Cubs because he's going to be massively incentivized. And Kansas City is going to is a young team that's scrappy and got a lot of talent, but it's but it's not there yet, not ready yet. But against a team like the Cubs, who's in a playoff hunt, that's exactly the kind of series they could get up for. So if they take care of business and win all three of those series, they're going to be obviously in great shape. Um, but it, it, I just, it's one of, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite at this point. Uh, okay. it's got to, it's got to sort out, um, with some of these, uh, big, huge question marks that all these, all right, we have a bunch of listener questions. I put a tweet out and asked for, uh, podcast fan questions. We start with the first one and it's a topic that I brought up on radio with Jonathan hood. So Rick wants to know, Rick is in Waukegan. Rick wants to know if you were running the Cubs, Gordon, and then I'll give my opinion. And your owner said, here's your budget, spend it how you want. And you could either sign a third baseman, whether it's Candelario, he's a free agent, or Matt Chapman. You could re-sign Bellinger and you could add the best available starter on the market. Or you could get Shohei Otani. Which way are you going? All right, I'm going to cheat on this because I heard you on the radio talking to our guy, Jesse Rogers. Uh And I agree with Jesse on this. I don't, look, I don't think the Cubs are going to do this. I don't think Ricketts has the appetite for this. But if another big market team can go after Shohei and also fill other needs on their roster, then the Chicago freaking Cubs sure as hell should be able to. And by the way, there's a wild card in this, right? Look what the Cubs did at the trade deadline. They moved salary to, to just shimmy right underneath that luxury tax threshold when they added. Mm-hmm. They moved Adrian Sampson, who had a guaranteed deal, just to get to just to stay under that luxury tax. Why? Because they want the freedom to shoot right past it for multiple years going mm-hmm. forward. Correct. They've got enough money. They've got, in other words, they've got enough revenue to simply do it if they want to. There's no reason you can't go out and get Shohei, who's going to bring you all kinds of additional revenue and marketing possibilities, and go get keep Jamer if you want. Now, maybe maybe you don't keep Bellinger. Maybe you don't have to because you've you've added Shohei, but maybe you go get somebody else that fills that void, and you go out and fix your bullpen too. I think you can do that if you want. If, if I'm the guy running it and I'm going to have that I'm going to have that meeting with ownership and I'm going to say, "Listen, this is what this guy can do for us. If you let me go after him, I don't know that we're going to get him, but let me try to get him and I'm still going to try to fill these other needs too. We're going to go way over the salary cap for a while, but we're going to be competitive. This is going to make us a special franchise." And uh, I mean, they're already iconic, but I mean, my God, the the greatest player maybe ever would be a Cub. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to do that. But if you're saying if I'm running things, yeah, I'm going to go do that. Okay, I think you so. It's amazing to me 
how cavalierly you're willing to think a team should spend $600 million on one guy and they should be able to address their other needs. You're asking to spend north of a billion dollars. And that's insanity, Gordon. Let me lay out my case. I'm re-signing either Candelario. Well, back up. Or- this is not a billion per year. You might be at the Padres or Mets level of a of an annual payroll. And the Cubs can handle it's that. It's still a commitment that I'm on the hook for. And if that guy blows out in any way, shape, or, or form, I'm effed. No chance. I want Matt also, Chapman. You, you, you've also got the contract insured. Don't forget that. Again, first of all, to do it through Lloyd's of London or any of these others, they don't always insure all the contract, A, and the cost of that ain't peanuts. Okay. Matt Chapman or Candelario, I need a third baseman. Bam, I'm getting one of them. Cody Bellinger, you're at first base. Bam, got you. I've already probably spent between those two guys, especially if it's Matt Chapman, I'm north of $400 million. Now I want the top of the rotation starter that's out there, whether it is this year's version of you, Darvish, who got traded by the Cubs. It's Shohei. I don't care. You're not that's a Shohei the, away. That's the, top, that's the top starter who's out there. I'm so you not, are getting him. No, I'm not that? spending $600 million, And this guy's already skipping a start this time because he's got a tired arm. He's not going to pitch the duration of a 10-year contract. Just not going to happen. So I'm getting a third baseman. I'm getting Bellinger at first. I got Pete Crow Armstrong coming up to play center, and I'm going to get the best available starter, whether that is taking on a contract for whoever it is or signing Blake Snell or somebody like that. And I am, let's go to post. I filled three holes for $600 million as opposed to one. Take that. I'm the friggin' Chicago Cubs. I'm running that team. I'm going for it all. I'm going for Shohei and the other guys. And You're not going to. That's a billion plus. Not going to happen. I don't think I told you. I don't think they're going to do it. But I'm going to spend the resources available to me as the Chicago frigging. How'd that work out for you, Steve Cohen? To to. Well, and by the way, it's going to work out fine for him. He's not going to lose money on that on owning that team or spending what that did money. He what did he do? We're not what even going to compete in 2024. So what you did he do? That? He he used the money spent on those guys to go get good young players in trades. He's he said, not even trying to win next year, Gordon. Well, we'll see what he tries to do next year. But I I'm fine with that. Look, man, you're charging fans what you're charging. Your your obligation is to try. He tried. He tried and he and he and they whipped. On paper, it looked pretty good. It didn't work out. That's fine. But your way is no more guaranteed, Cap. You asked me what I would do. I'd go get the best friggin' player on the planet. Goddamn right. All right. We agree to disagree. And I love him. I you know I do. I'm I know you do. That. You've you've wanted him, you've wanted him for a year now. I have. Okay. Aaron Wilder says, guys, am I the only one who thinks Stroman opting into his deal next year isn't a bad thing? Sure, his injuries this year are concerning, but considering the state of the starting pitching market and our 24 rotation, I'm okay with keeping him for $24 million next year, especially if we can get him to bounce back. Thoughts? 
Uh, right now, yeah, you're the only one thinking like that. I think, unless you're thinking like that too, Cap. Uh, I think he's opting back in. I do too, but 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 the question was if that's a bad thing for the Cubs, and I right. and I think it's I I don't think it's a good thing for the Cubs. I think that the Cubs would be better off at this stage of the game with him where he is right now, where he was last year. Um, it's gotten to the point where every time you start to count on him, it's something else. I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, it isn't exactly, you know, I don't want to criticize a guy because he gets hurt. That's not fair. But if you're talking about the value you're getting back on this, it all, it seems to always be something. And so at this point, um, you probably would have been better off to allow him to opt out. And, and if, if for whatever reason he's able to come back and make a start at the end of the year and show that he's healthy, uh, maybe he calculates uh, that and opts out and goes and gets uh, some more money. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he opts in, and I don't think that's the best-case scenario for the Cubs. Okay. Um, let's see. There's another really good question on here. Tony Naomi says, Cap, will Gordon agree he shaves off his goatee if the Cubs win the Central? <laughs> if the Cubs – if a, if a team that's, what, two and a half games out – uh, and a up team that you never thought would be here. Huh. If those if those sons of bitches win it with ninety wins, I'll okay. shave my goatee off. Oh, here we go, baby! That would be awesome. Okay, they got the They got to win it, and they got to win it with ninety wins. Okay. Um. Can you guys please explain to me? This is Dan Schramer. Ian Happ has the second lowest batting average in last night's lineup. He's still hitting third. Shaking my damn head. Why? Well, he also has, I believe, the highest on base percentage on the team. Mm -hmm. Pretty strong OPS. He still shows a little power. Uh, and he's a switch hitter. Uh, it's not crazy <laughs> that he's batting in a good spot in the order. Uh, so, and, and by the way, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are of late, but hasn't he come on in the last month or so compared yeah, to where he was big, before big that home run the other day, Ian Happ right now is let's see in terms of weighted runs created plus like his average this year, he he's obviously scuffling. He is batting. His batting average right. isn't good, but look at his on base, and uh, and his uh, slugging is four something. I th he's got a he's got an OPS plus above a hundred. His o his OPS plus. Let me see where we've got here. So Ian Happ weighted runs created plus is one twelve. Down okay. a little bit from last year when it was one twenty. He's hitting two forty. With an on base of 362 and a slug of 404 and a uh, batting average on balls in play of 297 and a walk percentage of 15.6. Yeah, go, um, check his splits. What's he done since? Uh, what's he done since the All Star break? That'd be roughly a month. Let's see. Uh, Ian Hap. 
Uh, let's take a look at his splits. Ian Happ's splits are, and I think they're actually way better than people give him credit for. His average now after last night is down to 234, eight home runs, 35 RBIs. His splits are mm, 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 mm. Ian Happ versus lefties. Ian Happ is hitting 216 versus righties. He's hitting 249. Uh, day games, he's hitting 189. Night games, he's hitting 276. In the what month about, of July, he hit 218. Go. What's he done in August? He's hitting 204. Ooh. The last seven days, he's hitting 211. So he has scuffled. There's no question yeah. about it. His OPS well, this year is 7 66 against right-handed pitching 798 yeah well it's also uh it's um there's been some tough uh pitching opponents the last uh few series too so there's some of that um i mean i would i, I wouldn't have point where rossi will drop him down it certainly will he's done it before so uh yeah i'm, I'm and they've got for all the numbers you just rattled off, Cap, they've got so many more numbers than that, and so and so many more uh, analytics they look at as to why they think he'll be successful against whomever. So, um, I, I'm not really big into breaking down and criticizing lineups. Sometimes I'll wonder about why a dude's in the leadoff spot for an extended period of time when he's just not getting on base or something like that. That to me makes no sense since you since I guess most of the at bats, but you know you start getting into the three and four and five spot, um, you know it, it's six to one half the dozen of the other half the time. All right, a couple more and then I will let you go. What would you think about the possibility of the Cubs bringing up Keegan Thompson or Jordan Hicks? Do they go that route in pressure situations with young pitching? Well, if if he if if you think that Keegan's right, uh, he's and, been in the big leagues. Jordan Wicks enough, is out there as well, but but Keegan's been in the big leagues enough yep. that you could trust him if you thought he was right. So, in a case like that, yeah, I'd keep my eye on on Keegan Thompson. I don't know if I'd want to be throwing Jordan Wicks in the middle of stuff. I mean, if you want to see if you can catch lightning in a bottle and a guy better do it right out of the chute with a short leash, go ahead. Um, but only in a only in a desperate need situation. But Keegan Thompson, I think that's reasonable if he's right. All right, last one for you, Gordon, and I'll let you go. If you were the Chicago Cubs, would you give this starting opportunity right now with Stroman down Back to Smiley or to Hayden Wisniewski? That's from David in the North Suburbs. That would be me. Well, you got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, you got the luxury of looking at him as one's a lefty, one's a righty, and maybe playing some matchups too. But if you're saying all else being equal, I'd go first with giving Smiley an opportunity. He's pitched. In big games, he's pitched a lot of years in the big leagues. When he's going well, he is really good. Um, so 
unless you think there's something wrong with him, unless Tommy Hotovy comes to you and says, hey, hey, you know, he's just not there yet, or, or, or you know, I, I don't like his mechanics right now, let's keep working on him, and, and then I would go with him first. Um, all else being equal. The, uh, otherwise, I would go with hot hands and, and right-left matchups. By the way, did you hear the question Mark Silverman and Tommy Waddle asked Jed yesterday? Yes, that was outstanding. About the uh, the uh, Porterhouse steak. If it was $600 million, you're getting a filet and a New York strip. Would you do it? We should. You, you should link to that on, on this podcast so that people listening right now, if they haven't heard it, can hear it. Yeah, um, but it, it was it was a beautiful thing. He didn't get an answer, but he didn't. But still... Jed said might be the best question I've ever been asked. It was very yeah. good. Yeah, it was awesome. Gordon. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, what does that say? Wabash twenty twenty four champs, Huskies baby, Washington Huskies twenty twenty four Big Ten champs. Yeah, you're coming over in that soft ass Pac twelve. You got no oh. shot. Wait till the Big Ten gets a load of West Coast football steady diet starting oh in September. God. Olin all the way isn't through the playing ball. for you anymore. Oh, we we got players. We still got players, buddy. Have a great Michael rest Penix of the day. Jr. Oh boy, yeah, he couldn't hack it in the Big Ten. Have a great rest oh. of your day. All right, man. Take care. There he is. That's my guy, my partner Gordon Wittenmeyer here in our Cubs Recap Podcast. Thank you for your questions. Please always feel free to tweet them at us. I'm at the Catman. He's at GWMLB. And we will try to answer some more next week as the Cubs continue their march to the Central Division top. Have a great day. Take that.